Hi, welcome to episode 27 of Let's Talk Horses with me, Meg Parkinson. I am continuing on from last episode, so if you haven't listened to episode 26 yet, press pause on this, hop back over because there's quite a few references back and forth. This is a continuation on an independent seat, the question that one of the listeners asked me a little while ago and I am finally getting around to answering. Um, This one is focusing on what our hips and our legs are to do with it, but please go and listen to episode 26 first, as it would all make a little bit more sense. Enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. So last episode I talked about, I started to talk about the independent seat, and I spoke mainly about the pelvis alignment and how your spine then responds to that. And I promised you this time I would speak about how your hips and your legs also play a big part in the independent seat. So you're probably gathering from this point that you can't actually separate one part of your body and just focus on that. And I think that's a real um, point to be clear about as if you're a coach listening to this as well as a rider we very easily as coaches and i'm putting myself in the same group as everyone else um give very simple requests to our riders because we feel that that's it's all happening in a very quick moment and we need to give them something so we give them this very simple request the issue with that being is that that one point that we want them to focus on links to a whole train of things in the rider's body and if we want them to do one thing with that body it probably is going to take quite a bit of change throughout the body to create that one change that we want so if we just kind of give them a sit up straight or heels down or sit deeper um a that instruction can be interpreted very differently between one rider to another but also b the reason they're not doing it is not only because they might not be aware that they're doing it but also because there is a train of pattern that runs through the whole of their body that's creating that that issue and if we just give that one point to focus on what mostly happens is the rider then tries to contort themselves to to do the thing that they're being asked and ultimately doesn't deal with the main problem and therefore then is creating another issue within their body or they just don't feel like they can and then they they actually then feel like they're crap (laughs) if I'm honest with you because they think why can't I do it because you're just asking me this what they perceive as a very simple request and what maybe the coach perceives as a very simple request and they find it actually really hard to do and because they find it really hard or you might, I'm saying this as in the rider as a coach but you as a rider might find it really hard you just assume well I can't do it and I'm rubbish and everyone else can do it and I can't. I think we need to change the way we coach riders from the beginning not just advanced I also think we need to as riders we need to change the expectation of what happens in our lesson so when I um, used to run 
my equestrian centre. So I had an equestrian centre for 15 years and I was the head coach there. I would very often do a whole hour's lesson just in walk because if you haven't worked out by now, I love the detail. And I find it really important that we learn the details of all of the things that we need to do before we move on to the next level. Um, and if you look to other countries, they have different teaching styles, but some of the top teaching styles are very much like they keep their riders on the lunge for a very long time before to really hone that position before they let them off the lunge. You can kind of agree or disagree, but it's really important to understand where we might head with our coaching and where as a rider we might expect from our coaching. So we, we're in a, in a quick fix kind of world. We're in high adrenaline and we just want to know. And unfortunately, if we want to get good at things, we need to work really hard on the basics. So if you read top riders biographies, I've read William Fox Pitts recently, so he's like really at the front of my mind. He said like he spent hours and hours really early on with one of these one of his coaches just riding a 20 meter circle, learning to ride a 20 meter circle properly over and over again and getting it perfect. And he openly said it bored him stupid and he had no interest in it. But what he knows it did now is it gave him some serious foundations to what he then went on and achieved. And I think as a coach, it's really easy to want to be liked and to want to get our riders up the levels quickly because we kind of, we see a rider as a good rider if they can canter, or a good rider if they can jump, or a good rider if they can compete at this level, rather than the quality of the riding that's in front of us. So, that's me off on a little tangent, coming back to the independent seat. So we discussed the independent seat with the pelvis and how the spine aligns to that pelvis. Now we've got to think about how our, what do our legs do? So the pelvis, you cannot ignore your legs from your pelvis because you have some of the biggest muscles running from your pelvis or through your pelvis that connect to your legs. So you might have heard of the muscle called the psoas muscle. It's spelt P-S-O-A-S. So you might have thought it was psoas. I did for many years. The psoas muscle runs from the lumbar vertebrae, um, which is your lower back, connects to that point. It runs down the back of, the back inside of the pelvis. So it runs inside the pelvis, but along the back line of it. And then it comes round and it wraps round and it joins to the inside of your femur, your thigh bone. So it's the, and the, those psoas muscles, there's a couple of them on each side, there's a few of them. They are the only muscles that join, actually physically join your legs to your spine. The other muscles have different connection points within the hip um, that run from your, um, legs, thighs even, that's it, thighs, they have different connection points within the hips. So you can see that what, how our hip alignment and how our spine is aligned really plays into then what happens with our legs. So if any of those muscles are locked tight, locked short, or on the exact opposite side of the scale, are long, lax and weak, 
you will find that the ones that are locked tight, locked short, are manipulating and pulling your body out of the, the way that it needs to be able to move. So we talk a lot about hip flexors and someone said, do they get a bad rap? Because like, that's where the focus is. But the hip flexors are those psoas muscles and that's why it's so, so important to understand them as a rider. And it's even more important to understand them as a human in today's world. You might be listening to this and you might be a coach on a yard or doing, or a yard, like working with horses. So you're up and about for most of the day. So you will have much more open psoas muscles than someone, and if you're a coach again, than your clients that's sitting at a desk all day. So what muscles do, first of all, let's work out what muscles do. They don't get like really loose and floppy. So if you don't move your muscles to the full range of movement, they just naturally shorten. So that's what I call by locked short, is they're, they're not tight because of an injury. They're not tight because you've overworked them. They're actually like locked short because they're never used to their full range of movement. So your psoas muscles control, when they shorten, they pull your thigh, to, they pull your knee up basically, they pull your thigh towards your belly. And then when they relax, they allow your thigh to drop back down again. And as they relax and lengthen, your glutes, your bum muscles, pull your leg back down into straightness. So those two work together. So as your psoas muscles shorten, your knee lifts, and that means that your glutes have to extend. So if your glutes are locked short, as you bring your knee towards you, what ends up happening is it pulls into your lower back instead. So you can still get the same kind of feeling of the knee up, but instead of stretching your glutes, you're actually, or lengthening your glutes, you're actually just lengthening in your lower back region and that's putting a lot of pressure on your lower back. So if you did do what I said to do and do that 15 minute stretch the other day, you will have felt the difference of those two things happening because I really explained that. So I will signpost you there again. Um, I will try to put the link into this episode as well for you to find it. But it's a really good way to understand what actually goes on when you move your leg. So if you spend your life sitting down either in a car or at a desk, your knee, your legs are always drawn up slightly. If you think of a seated position, your thigh, your legs aren't straight, they're bent. So that psoas muscle is always in a shortened position whenever you're seated. So what happens is because we're not using our legs to our full range of movement, unless you're doing regular stretches, like daily stretches, that muscle just naturally shortens and becomes locked short. The problem with that is, is then when we go to apply and we want an independent seat and we want our pelvis to sit neutrally, but we also want a decent length leg, we have this kind of pulling of the pelvis being pulled forwards as we try to lengthen our leg. So you end up with that hyperflexed lower back region and that whole saga comes through. Um, or you end up trying to sit with the neutral pelvis and you end up with your leg too far forwards or you can't lengthen your leg because those psoas muscles are locked short. So that's why we have to focus on them. Now, anything that I talk about here, I'm not talking about the fact that you don't want to use them because every muscle is in your body for a reason. No one put a muscle in there and just said that will never be used. 
So every muscle needs to have an element of strength about it that it can do the job that it was designed to do. So the psoas muscles still need to be strong because the psoas muscles are there to control your leg movement, but also because they're connected to your lower back, they work on stabilizing your pelvis and stabilizing your spine. So they're part of your deep core muscles. But what we don't want to ever do is get stuck. So we never want a muscle to get to a point where it can't move, it can't free up, it can't release, or it can't stretch. So the key as a rider is what we want to aim to do is have a full range of movement, as much movement as possible, but within a strong and stable way. And if you look up the definition of suppleness, it's strength and flexibility. So you want strength, the ability to support yourself and stabilise yourself and look after all your joints and make sure everything is stable, but you want the flexibility to be able to still move. So your psoas muscles tend to be, in today's world, slightly locked short because of what we do with our life. We then, our glute muscles, so our bum muscles and our thigh muscles, are our power packs. So if you think of the glute and the thigh muscles on the horse, they're the push, they're the big muscles that create the push. Now there's two things that goes on in, in our body. If you're like a runner or you like getting a bit of cardio exercise, those muscles will be used in, those, in doing those things. So they are likely to be super strong. And if they are stronger and like overused, then their other muscles around them, like the piriformis and the other little muscles, are likely slightly weaker because the kind of glutes come in and go, I'll do it all. And that also means that if the glutes are always on, the muscles, the other muscles of your lower back tend to become quite overstretched and over, so locked long. So a muscle can be locked short and it can be locked long. A little side note here, if you struggle with pain, it tends to be that the muscle is being overly stretched, not that it's tight. And this is again where we use our language wrong. So if you struggle with lower back pain in, in a muscular way, it's probably because your lower back is, is kind of like the fibres are being stretched too far and overly stretched because your psoases are tight, because your glutes are tight, because your thighs are tight, rather than it actually being too short. And what we end up doing is because it feels painful, we think we need to stretch it more, we need to stretch it out, and we end up actually not helping the case. What we want to think about is if that is overstretching, what is over tightening, which is normally the opposite side of the body, and then we need to lengthen the things that are over tightening, and we'll end up releasing the pressure off the bit that's overstretching. So that's really, key thing is muscles can get locked short, they can get locked long, they can be injured tight in the fact that they've got like scarring or an actual knot in there, but what they can also be psychologically tight. And what do I mean by that? When we are stressed, our brain releases a hormone into our body called adrenaline and a few other different hormones as well, and I'm not going to list them all because I can't quite remember them all. And what those hormones are there to do is they are to get you ready to take flight or fight. So they are there to charge your muscles, get them all powered up, ready to do what you need to do to survive. 
So if you think of your horse when they are powered up, ready to go into like a competition, their muscles are like full of energy. They're strong, they're tight, they're like ready to push, they're ready to do stuff. And that's exactly what happens to our muscles is when we are when our brain reads that we're in a stressful environment because we, to keep ourselves safe we need to get ready to run now most of us the stress comes from an email and not from a tiger from a bush so we're sitting at work and we're getting more and more stressed about everything that's going on we're already in this kind of like seated position and our power muscles are getting more and more charged with this energy and we can't stop that that is a that is something that's happening it's from our survival instinct the problem with that is it's making these muscles more and more tight and ready to push and power. And that's why people's glute muscles and the backs of their thighs can become really tight without actually doing anything physical to, for, for that to happen. It's just a stressful, a psychological reason for those things to happen. So we need to be aware of these things because when our glutes are tight and our psoas muscles, our hip flexors are tight, and then traveling down our legs, the backs of our thighs are tight, we're constantly kind of pulling the pelvis out of its natural alignment and then when we go to try to apply a leg aid or we want to ride a lateral work or we're even trying to follow the horse's movement or we want to just ride with a longer leg we can't because those leg those muscles are either locked long locked short weak or strong and then the pelvis is then tipped out of an alignment and then the lower back is then put pressure on and then there's jarring that comes up through the body you can see this train traveling through and that wave that I spoke about in the last episode, that wave of energy that travels through the horse is hitting multiple places where there's like multiple little um, blocks. And that wave is then going powered all the way back down to the horse. The horse is feeling it in their back and they're becoming a bit more re re resistant to that because that doesn't feel good. And then that whole picture of that energy lifting and flowing through the rider out of the horse, the horse's back lifting, everything staying supple, so strong and flexible, is lost because we've got those points and pulls of tension. So how do we know what's going on here? This is where you might need to do it on your horse a little bit more, but you can still do it as you stand. So if you're in a position where you can stand, first of all, and again, I will signpost you back to that 15 minute practice on Instagram, um, or for those of you that are part of the club, it's day one, week seven, and then that whole week is there. This is really key to understand what you're doing. So you're standing, and if you've got somewhere to press the kitchen side or something, rest your hands, bring your knee towards you, and notice, now take, so I'm gonna lift my left knee, for example, and I'm place my right hand on my lower back so I can feel what my lower back's doing. As you bring your left knee towards you, notice when you start to round that lower back into that hand and see if you can keep it so it stays nice and neutral. Notice I'm not saying straight because you've got that natural curve. And then lower it down. And that might feel slightly different to when you normally lift your knee up. And then swap sides, so swap hands, swap legs. And you'll probably find that one side you can lift your knee up a little higher than the other side. Now we can we do this laying down in the practice and it's a lot easier to see, but you'll probably find that if you can lift one, the, the side you can lift your leg up a little bit less means that your glutes, so your bum muscles, the backs of your thighs are tight. And now take that hand from away from your back 
and draw your knee closer towards your chest and notice you can get your knee up higher but you're just stretching out your lower back your lower back's probably gone straight and you've not actually got into your glutes and the backs of your thighs and you can do the same on the other side so that's that's what we would do naturally but that's not what we want to do so if our glutes are tight and the backs of our thighs are tight they're going to restrict that movement they're going to kind of pull the tailbone underneath us and they're going to restrict the movement of the ability to allow our back to soften in the opposite way and then for our psoas muscles you can do the opposite side opposite way so find your balance take hold of your ankle with the same side hand and kind of pull your heel in towards your bum and then if you can let go place your hand on your lower back and this time what you don't want to do is puff your belly or your boobs out and then start to draw that bent knee backwards until you can feel a bit of a stretch in the front of your thigh but notice if you're starting to puff your chest or your your belly out and just draw that into a more of a neutral position and that's where you'll probably feel those psoas muscles connecting and again try it on the other side one side will be easier one side will be harder it's always the way and as you try to find that neutral spine notice what happens with your center of your body do you feel your core slightly switch on and then let it go so they're your two kind of counteracting now if those psoas muscles are tight it means that when you want to try to rock your pelvis slightly back to follow the horse's movement there's going to be a stuck there's going to be a rigidity but it also means that when you remember part of the independency is being able to use your legs separately to your like the aids all separately if either your glutes or your psoases or any parts of your hips and your thighs are tight when you go to move your leg you're going to really struggle to maintain that neutral pelvis and you're probably going to tilt it twist it contort it slightly to create that leg aid and that takes you away from that independent seat so that's why the hips and i hammer on about the hips so much is that if we want to create that independent seat to follow our horse and we want to be able to apply independent aids where we're not twisting our weight across their back we're not becoming rigid across their back at certain points we need to have as much range of motion in our hips as we possibly can we need to be supple we need to be strong and flexible and i think what so often happens as us with riders is like i said in the last episode about us lifting things that are probably too heavy for us is we end up becoming very very strong and we lose that flexibility so we lose ultimately that suppleness you would never want that from your horse you want your horse to be supple strong and flexible they want the power but they need the ability to bend and flex around the corners and maintain their balance and we need to ask the same for us because as you could get your horse super supple looking amazingly but if you think about that wave of energy that i spoke about in the last episode all that's going to happen is as soon as you sit up there if you've got those blocks you're going to send that energy straight back down into their back and you're going to lose that suppleness because you're not going to have that independent of seat to follow them so you're going to be creating a much harder situation for your horse to work softly underneath you and you're going to find it harder to sit softly have a softer hand because you're going to find that you feel more jarry more out of balance 
and then that subconscious mind of survival is going to kick in and start saying well i need to hold on tighter with my hands or i need to grip differently with my legs to hold myself in place so having the range of motion which is what i go into so much with the equi stretch side of things with the daily practices and having that balanced range of motion on both sides and that deep body awareness is really key to you being able to create that independent seat and have that suppleness as a rider, the strength and the flexibility. And we become very strong with the jobs we do, but we also can find that we are losing strength in different places so we're overriding and we ultimately end up losing that flexibility in the places that we need it so i hope that's helped you understand a little bit into that as you probably guessed this is a massive subject so it's july now and what i'm going to do is i'm going to organize a webinar one evening in the next few weeks so keep an eye out on my social media or my website or the email. I mean, if you haven't subscribed to my email, I send a weekly, I don't bombard you, you'll probably get two emails a week. One is more of a personal email of uh, kind of staying calm <laughs> and a bit sane. And the other email is very horse orientated, biomechanics orientated. And you'll get one of these a week um, and with it, we'll also have what's going on. So what webinars I'm putting on and things like that. For those of you that are in the riding club, the webinar will be free as a little thank you for you guys sticking by me in the last couple of weeks when it's been a bit hellish at home with a lot of poorly olives. Um, and so keep an eye out for that and if you want to join my webinar the details will come up next um, not my webinar my riding club you want the details will come up next if this stuff really interests you um but if the first stage is just sign up for the email and then you can go from there there's no cost on that and you'll get like a little biomechanics kind of thought process each week a bit of a teaching especially for you guys but anyway i'm jumping ahead hopefully this makes more sense ask me any questions if this has caused more questions than answers that's absolutely fine send them to me and I will be more than willing to either reply personally or if I feel like it's something that the group needs to hear the community needs to hear or will gain more from I will do a podcast or I might do a social media post about it um let me know what you're thinking, if you're listening, who you are, tell me a bit about yourself and how this is helping you and have a beautiful rest of your day. Hi, me again. Just a little reminder that if you enjoy my content and want to learn more join my community and basically further your knowledge in both horses and your own rider position I have opened the doors to my new online riding club and you can get involved too for £15 a month you can have access to so much 
information, teachings, lessons from EquiStretch sessions through to um, private podcast, schooling ideas, audio lessons and so so much more. So the link is in the show notes. Um, Head over there and I'd love to see you as part of the community.